listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. This is the ZMAR Podcast. Elite Benefits of America helps small and mid-sized companies with their health insurance programs. And now, your host, Butch ZMAR. It's a crazy time of the year. I think a lot of the open enrollments are, are still to be had. So if you're still busy with your own work and you know you have to handle it, you still have a lot, some time. You still have maybe a good 30 to 45 days to make sure everything is wrapped up. But it is getting busy. It is slamming. Paperwork is flying with open enrollment cases. And so get yours in as soon as you can. And so that way you could be ahead of the schedule and get insurance cards out to your employees or even just take it off your desk so you don't have to worry about going into the holidays worrying about where your health insurance programs are going to come from. But there's many other people that are going to be worried about where their health insurance is going to come from, um, especially in the state of Illinois. There's new changes coming up, especially in the restaurant arena. But I just want to go through some things to help not only the owner, but also some of the employees to navigate through that in case they're let go for the second wave, uh, if you want to call it that, of shutdowns. And so, especially in the Chicagoland era, I know other states are not shutting down just yet, but maybe this will help some of them if they're running into the similar situation. The first thing is, depending on the employer and employee situation as far as shutdowns go, a good option is just furlough the employee and work out payment arrangements. Um, the insurance company is not auditing how the payments are made as long as the employer is writing the check to the invoice. You can work out payment arrangements however you guys want just to make sure that insurance is still consistent for that employee. And then when they get hired back, they don't have to necessarily go through any waiting periods. And even if it's a temporary break, there are still ways around reinstating policies uh, without having any worries, especially if it's just temporary. But if there's employees that are let go and there's health insurance that was offered through the workplace, then you have COBRA or if you're small enough, uh, you have continuation laws for small employers and the state of Illinois is just called Illinois Continuation. Similar to COBRA uh, regulations, but it's more dictated by the state versus federal and some of the timelines and deadlines are are different and notifications could be a little bit different. But you should definitely review that policy and how things are going to roll out for uh, offering coverage. It needs to be done. You need to offer the coverage. If there was coverage uh, available to the employee and they decided to take it and they've had it for at least 90 days, in most cases, uh, you have to offer a continuation of coverage. And it's at full cost for the employee. In some cases, like in the state of Illinois, if you're a small employer, those checks are just written back out to the employer. Uh, They're the administrator of the continuation of coverage. Whereas if you're a larger employer, above 20 employees, you could actually outsource a COBRA administration for it. Um, Or in some cases, some of the insurance companies will take care of it internally uh, with them. So the employers kind of sidesteps. um, They just may have some administrative costs to cover the expense of handling it, outsourcing it versus having it in-house. But the employee could still continue uh, coverage. And obviously, if they're elected with that decision, they could also go to the open market and purchase their own insurance. Nine times out of 10, though, the COBRA will be a better deal versus years ago, where a lot of times you could buy individual health insurance for family insurance on your own for far less than what COBRA cost was. 
Today it's kind of flipped. Uh, you may still save some money, but you're going to get less in coverage or provider networks or something. It's just, it's not apples and oranges. Don't think that just because you had Blue Cross and you compare a Blue Cross PPO because that's what you had before, it doesn't uh, absolutely does not mean that you're comparing the right plans. Even though the word PPO is there, uh, it doesn't mean, um, in fact, almost 100% of the time, it's not going to be the same. Budget aside, Cobra is going to be the better offer because traditionally through an employer plan, you'll have access to a large PPO network or a larger HMO in some cases that you won't be able to purchase on your own. And then also the out-of-pocket is much higher. I think I saw 2021 plans are at 85.50 max out-of-pocket on the individual uh, Affordable Care Act plans versus most employer plans are generally less than $6,000 max out-of-pocket. Usually the larger the company, uh, the lower the out-of-pocket, uh, not because of buying power, just because of leverage from the company is contributing more dollars so they could buy up plans and have more retention with uh, the company for their employees. But don't rule it out. Definitely compare because it may be your advantage to actually uh, go to the individual market versus the Cobra. So let's talk through some of the individual options. There's a lot to choose from, very confusing. There's a lot of pressure for alternative plans outside the Affordable Care Act. It does not mean that they are a good fit. Don't get too excited based on price. It's not all about price, even though price is very important because if you can't afford it, it means nothing. But you need to know what you're getting into for the cost savings that's there. So when you lose coverage um, through an employer, you have what's called a special enrollment. And so the special enrollment, just like if you had a special enrollment while working at a company. So for example, if you had coverage through your spouse and your spouse lost their job, it's a special enrollment for the other spouse to get access to their employer plan without any break in coverage. You do have to prove the loss of coverage in uh, almost 100% of the cases but it gives you an opportunity to jump onto your spouse's plan. But on the individual market, you also have a special enrollment period with, a period with the Affordable Care Act plans. The Affordable Care Act plans are also known as exchange plans or Obamacare plans. Obamacare is just the law of the land. They're not a public option. They're not a government health plan. It is just the name of the law, the law that implements or told insurance companies how to sell and how consumers buy insurance and how they're designed. You just have to be um, aware that if you pick a Blue Cross plan, for example, whether it's on the exchange, off exchange, it doesn't matter. There are some slight difference in plan profiles in certain cases between the two, but more or less on a high level overview, they're pretty close if not exactly the same, their exact same premium. And even working with an insurance agent, they're all going to be the same. No, there's no markup for most cases. There are some healthcare consultants out there and they would have additional fees, but that's between your agreement and um, between the two of you to uh, consult for that project. But the special enrollment allows you 60 days to get access to an individual health insurance plan. The group market, so if you are employer-sponsored plan and you have a special enrollment to go on to your employer's plan because you lost it through your spouse, generally you have 30 days to make that decision. You have to make it within a reasonable time frame, otherwise you will lose coverage. And you have to wait until the next open enrollment, both in the employer side as well as the Affordable Care Act side, to gain access to coverage. 
And I guess why would you go for Affordable Care Act plan or these exchange plans? Uh, there's no pre-existing excluded on the plans. You have an opportunity to get full encompassing health insurance program. So yes, there might be extra things that you don't want, but there's less loopholes and less problems that may occur at claim time. Uh, realizing you didn't have coverage for certain things that you were used to because of your employer coverage. So a lot of people gravitate towards exchange plans. And then in certain situations, you might be eligible for tax credits. These are not discounts on the exchange or Obamacare plans. The, uh, there is no discounts applied. They are full retail premiums. They are uh, disclosed when you purchase the plan. It's just that in some situations, based on filing status, and income, you may be eligible for a tax credit. The best example I could give, if anybody's familiar with earned income credit regulations or rules, the healthcare tax credit or subsidy is actually very similar, if not identical to the rules, it's just tied to a healthcare program. So if you're married and filing separate, you don't qualify. And in other situations, you don't qualify. It does take into account every piece of income that shows up on a tax return, whether it's taxed or not. So even if it shows up in a tax-exempt category, it still shows up as income. If you're uh, receiving Social Security benefits under 65 for a spouse, even though they're not getting the insurance, and par only part of that is taxed, you still have to disclose it because they still look at it as income coming in the household, and that has to be accounted for. It also takes into account adult children's income because what if your kid's still living with you in your basement, but they just created that next widget that, uh, and they're making a million dollars a year, they could support you now for your health insurance. So they do ask for household income. There are creative ways to get around that. That's a side note altogether, but it's based on household income and it has to be reported. Otherwise, uh, it gets reconciled on your next year's tax return. But it is a way to save money on health insurance, and this is the only way that you, I would recommend moving away from COBRA plans is if there's a tax credit eligibility or you need more flexibility versus what the COBRA plan is. And so in some cases it would be worthwhile without the tax credit, but a lot of families do qualify for a tax credit, but not everybody. It's based on, technically it's based on the age because it's related to premium, which is charged by the age and it's a percentage of it and if it exceeds a certain percentage and i don't know the math formula it's a tax situation but then if it exceeds that you don't qualify for the tax credit they couldn't come out when they passed the law to say it was about age but indirectly it is but a lot of families can receive a tax credit up to uh, i've seen as high as twenty thousand dollars a year in tax credit and so it could be worthwhile to explore but you have to understand there's limitations of provider networks, higher out of pocket. As long as you know what those are, uh, you should review your policy. It amazes me time after time, people spend all this money on healthcare, spend all these years using it, but they don't spend enough time to actually understand how it works. It's kind of amazing to me that you spend $30,000 a year on healthcare for your family and you don't invest several hours a year, if not more, to understand actually how it works, how the claims works, how the policy actually works, what kicks in when other things don't. Whereas if you spend $30,000 on a car, I bet you know where every little button is on that vehicle and how it's used. And so invest the time to go through it, not just when claim occurs and then you're complaining because you thought something was covered versus not. If you own a business, Elite Benefits of America wants to remind you that health insurance open enrollments are either happening now or coming very quickly. And this is the time to review and implement a health care plan to make or keep you as the employer of choice. 
Deadlines for open enrollment range between November 1st and January 1st. Get ahead of the curve. The Small Business Special Enrollment Period, part of the Affordable Care Act, now allows employers with 49 employees and under to offer health benefits without contributing a dime to the employee plan. Help your employees save money on taxes with health insurance they're already paying for with their hard-earned dollars. Butch Zemar from Elite Benefits of America wants you to reach out to him today. Visit EliteBenefits.net or call 708-535-3006. When you're comparing the exchange plans, be careful comparing it between the employer-sponsored plans and the individual plans. They are completely different markets, uh, and there's no loyalty between the two markets, even if it's with the same company you have with your employer. The coverage is going to be different. Don't just assume the coverage is going to be the same, especially based on a branded carrier. You have to understand how the vehicle works because you you could be, in some cases, moving literally from a Cadillac plan to a Pinto. And uh, if you're old enough to know what a Pinto is, it was a really small car. Another alternative plan for those who are losing coverage based on some of the shutdowns is um, hospital plans. They change the name multiple times. They use marketing terms to make it more attractive. The main purpose of those plans are going to be for hospital only. They do provide some element outpatient stuff such as doctor visits or outpatient testing, but the whole entire plan is limited. There is tons and tons of Facebook ads are showing up because a lot of people are on Facebook, uh, even including I've received phone calls from Facebook asking me to advertise um, because they're pushing it. And I get advertised on Facebook from my competition. And then most of the time they're trying to sell these hospital plans. Why? Because they are less expensive than the exchange plans. So if somebody's just tired and it's just based out of principle or they can't afford the Affordable Care Act plan, they don't qualify for a tax credit or not enough tax credit, it could be an alternative. So it's pushed quite hard because of price. The other flip side is the reason that insurance agents are pushing is because we get paid a whole lot more money on those. And so the commissions are higher. Some of the insurance agents won't sell Affordable Care Act plans because the commissions were dropped through the floor during the Affordable Care Act. In some cases, as much as 80% decrease since the beginning of time. But these hospital plans, the commissions are four or five times what they get paid on the Affordable Care Act plan. So be be careful. I'm not saying there's used car salesmen out there trying to make more money. I'm just saying that uh, buyer beware. Uh, there's genuine people selling these plans. Make sure you ask the questions to make educated decisions. Don't base it off of uh, emotion. Uh, make it very much so on logic because there's limitations in it. For example, if you are hospitalized, daily room and board rate, they break everything down with a limit, a limit to the insurance company, not you. And there's no max out of pocket for you. So if you pick a plan that's $1,000 a day room and board rate, you get hospitalized at a teaching hospital downtown Chicago and they're charging $4,000 a day. Sure, there's a PPO discount. On average, typically it's like 30%. Can get as high as 90%, but those are exceptions and dependent on negotiated contracts. You may be paying $2,000 a day difference out of pocket, and it does not add up to an out of pocket maximum. So if you're in the hospital for 10 days for something, two times 10 is 20 grand, right? So uh, you're going to pay 20 grand and it's end of story. You're going to get a bill for it. If you did relatively well, the hospital is still going to bill you for it and probably send you collections if you don't pay that bill. You can negotiate with them, which is a whole nother top, uh, topic. You can get prompt payment discounts. You can do all the things. You can 
figure out charity money, claim hardship, all kinds of stuff, but you're ultimately still going to be responsible for much of what's there. But so just buyer beware on that. Even outpatient stuff, if you're going for an MRI and it costs $3,000, most of them cap out at 500 bucks. So you're paying the difference. So definitely be concerned about that. It also has pre-existing clauses. So if you have anything that you claim, even if it's something you don't claim as pre-existing, but you're taking medications for something, you saw a doctor, even had a conversation for it, and it's notated in the doctor's record, Usually it's limited to 12 months on these type of plans, but there's still a limitation to it. Be careful about that because you might think something's covered. And then many times of prescription drugs are just discounted. There's no coverage for it. And same thing goes with short-term medical plans. That is another option, especially if you're not sure what's going on or if you're furloughed for a period of time, uh, it could be cheaper than the furlough health insurance program that your employer is going to pass on to you or any Illinois continuation or COBRA or even exchange plan, depending on tax credits. So short-term plan in the state of Illinois can only go up to six months. You have a six-month contract, so to speak, but you could cancel any time with no obligation and no cancellation fees. But when you sign up for it, it'll say that you have the policy for six months. It will expire in six months. The state of Illinois said that uh, since they were not as good as the Affordable Care Act, you were limited on the amount of time because they're forcing you to go to the exchange to get those plans. The the problem is every situation is different. Every family structure is different. And you may have to go with a more affordable plan or because of certain situations such as a network provider or cost or just dynamics with inside the family, you have to go with a short-term medical. Well, if you pick a plan, a short-term medical and expires in six months, it is not a qualifying plan to get back on the exchange for a special enrollment period. And so, and technically, when you go to an employer plan, based on old rules before the Affordable Care Act, it doesn't qualify as a qualifying plan, so the pre-existing would apply. But small groups and large groups kind of eliminated that requirement since the Affordable Care Act. So you shouldn't really have any issues with an employer plan. But just know that uh, it doesn't qualify because it's not qualifying coverage. And when it ends, you cannot renew that current on that six-month policy. You would have to actually go to another short-term plan and if you develop a treatment uh, a condition and you had treatment during that period on that six-month plan, it will not be covered on the new plan. And any pre-existing prior to the application, even initially, will not be covered. So there's definitely loopholes with that, and you have to be um, careful. It is a strategy. So same with the hospital plans. Very, it's very much so it's a strategy. Just have to know the strategy going into, know the risk and the reward. Another option could be is some people opt to go with these Christian share programs. They're fine. Um, If you qualify, they do have some screening questions that can knock you out, including smoking status, your faith, and many other things. The pros for it is definitely it's more affordable and gives you more flexibility. They do get some honored discount because the Christian shared program is paying it. So it's kind of like a Christian discount or faith discount and and depending on what, what faith it is. But the cons are it's not insurance. There's no guarantee of payment. It goes to a board uh, to review for payments. I personally have not known anybody that had problems with claims. However, I've read about where there's denial of claims. And so if you're just trying to switch out of principle to make sure that uh, you're not paying as much, I'm telling you it's going to come back to haunt you uh, just because of Murphy's Law. That's the only reason. doesn't mean that it will happen in your case. I know people that have had kids and surgeries and all kinds of stuff on there, and it's worked out well. Just 
just be careful because it's not insurance. There's no guarantee of payment. They tell you that up front. Just don't expect to have all these things covered. They're trying to protect the pool of money for other people. And if you're the one that's going to wipe them out based on history of claims or how you're treating yourself or or whatever the situation might be, you can have a denial. I don't speak for them, but there's definitely situations where claims will be denied and uh, you'll be left with the bill financially and then you could go to collections for it. With a lot of these employees being let go because of shutdowns, you know, especially in the Chicagoland market, uh, it could be what I call forced entrepreneurship. And so it may force you to become an independent contractor. And a lot of employers are doing that to uh, avoid having commitments to employees to pay them money, whether an hour, hourly or salary basis. They do it on contract or a contract based on project or an hourly rate based on those projects. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, but just be aware that's happening more and more, especially since the first COVID hit in Chicago back in March, that employers are reevaluating how their status of their employees. Other people use this as a reason to get in business for themselves because that's what they wanted to begin with. They've just been tied to a health insurance program or tied to a guaranteed payment of income. And now they're forced to make that kind of decision and now can't, couldn't be better time in a lot of cases. There's people thriving right now during this COVID, making more money than they ever had before, more revenue. Uh, they're hiring more staff. They're undermanned. There's a lot of things going on that may give you the opportunity to uh, put your stake in the ground. With a corporation set up, whether an LLC in some cases, and, and that's a very hot corporation or some type of S or C corp, there's rules to it, but you could establish your own small group, especially if there's income coming in or revenue that prevents you from getting a tax credit from the exchange. You could save money, uh, in some cases 10 to 20% by moving to a small employer plan versus buying the exchange plan if you don't qualify for that tax credit. The business will get the tax uh, deduction in a lot of cases, but if you're by yourself, a lot of times that gets passed on to your personal tax return if you're the owner, but you can still get that savings um, or do some cost sharing with the company to reduce that expense, especially as the owner, or if you plan to expand, at least you could attract different employees or harder working employees because you're taking one other thing off their family's kitchen table worries, uh, which is health insurance. And so it does give you a lot more flexibility in choosing plans. So on the exchange, depending on the insurance company, you could have anywhere from six to 15 plans per insurance companies to choose from. A lot of these small group employer plans have 40 to 60 plans available. It allows you to buy up to better coverage if that's what your family chooses. Uh, it also allows you to buy up to larger network providers uh, that you won't be able to get if you were to purchase it individually or on the exchange or off the exchange. It gives you a lot more leverage and flexibility. The good news is that people are so worried about healthcare changes, regardless if the current administration stays or if the new administration takes office in January. Healthcare is not going to change for a couple of years. They have to draw bills. They have to get interest. They have to get sponsors. What I don't know the whole process, but it has to. There's a process involved in order to get there, and then of course they have to give consumers uh, and insurance companies time to implement the new regulations. And so we're still talking about a couple of years out. But with related to small and mid-sized groups, uh, they're one of the last ones to inform to the change, or they at least give more leeway than the individual market. Um, uh, partly because majority of the people in the country get their health insurance through an employer market plan versus buying it on their own.
So you could expect some delays. When the Affordable Care Act came in, millions of people got cancellation notice. Uh, we, we discussed that a little bit in previous podcasts, but millions of people got uh, received those notices, but they had time to transition. Uh, small groups kept getting delays for not only uh, just from the a law perspective, but also administratively, the insurance companies kept giving them more time. Uh, so uh, it's a lot more stable once you're able to get to a small group plan um, if that's in the cards, especially now with furlough employees or layoffs or company closures. The other thing is uh, it could force retirement. So that's happening more and more these days, especially in the last six months where companies are restructuring, trying to figure out how they're going to move forward. And if you work for a company long enough or just because you're aging out, you might be forced out and not based because of your age specifically, because that would be discrimination, but maybe because it's a turning point for you and your career. And so, and that's fine. So there's a forced retirement planning process going on. And part of that is Medicare planning. So uh, the, Medicare is a whole nother topic and we'll discuss that a, at another time, but Medicare planning, there is a window you need to get in to avoid penalties. There are um, penalties that stick on the plans for the rest of your life. So you want to make sure you comply and within that time frame. In some cases you have 30 days to get a part D for example, which is D for drugs before any penalties are imposed for not signing up within the window when you lose coverage through an employer, dependent on your situation. So the situation is the boss based on timing of loss of coverage, your current age, and when you were eligible for A and B. There's a lot of factors that go in to that, but you have to worry about avoiding those penalties. You might be able to delay some of those penalties in certain situations, but one example is your employer plan, as most cases, was a qualifying plan related to Medicare. But if, as soon as COBRA comes in the picture, COBRA and the current state is not a qualifying plan. So if you decide that you want to stay on there because maybe your spouse is younger, you're going to have some imposed penalties later if you don't do the right action items. Uh, the spouse could still get access to COBRA because my understanding, and I'm not an attorney, can't give legal advice, but my understanding is anybody that has or was on the plan prior to the termination of the uh, employment has access to COBRA, even if the original employee doesn't have access or doesn't need it, doesn't require it, whatever it might be, the spouse and children, um, depending on the situation, still has access to COBRA. So you could still execute that. You just have to worry about some of the penalties and the special enrollment period. Or if you're leaning into being eligible for Medicare, then you might have to do a couple sets of planning. One is how do I get health insurance right now because I just lost my job? And then how do I get through the next several months or even a year uh, to transition into Medicare eligibility? But don't think that, oh, I got to plan this short-term thing because I'm going on Medicare in three years. The healthcare is going to be different or your planning stages are going to change from year to year based on your current situation. So we can't make a decision today based on two years from now in the Medicare world because things are going to change. And then just a real quick note, when you're exploring some of these Medicare plannings, you have a, what I call the traditional route, and then you have the Medicare Advantage route, which is part C as in CAT, but they're all the same. The big advertisements you see on TV now are almost always Medicare Advantage plans. Again, Medicare planning is a whole nother topic that we could spend an hour on, but just real quick, the, the difference is the traditional route is Medicare remains primary. As long as providers are accepting payments from Medicare, you're fine. On the other side with the Medicare Advantage plans, um, and I have to be careful what I say because there's some regulations there, but in a nutshell, flips it around and Medicare becomes secondary. The insurance company becomes primary, which means you have to have, get access to an insurance company's provider network 
and then there's limitations on uh, out-of-pocket expenses. But there, there's definitely a lot to review, um, and every situation is going to warrant those decisions. But there's a lot going on with everybody losing or potentially losing their job or losing access to health insurance during this time, especially during the second shutdown that's potentially going to occur or already written in stone. Some of the industries in Chicago are being impacted uh, last week going into this week and including next week. So, but that wraps up this podcast. I hope you get take away a couple nuggets. And there's a lot going on. If you need some help, uh, not only with transactions, I'm happy to do that, obviously. But if you just need a point in a direction, feel free to call my office, 708-535-3006, and somebody will help you out. Thanks, guys. We'll see you or talk to you guys next time.